It's now dawning on Tuesday, two days after the midnight rescue of Rosetta Common from the pilings under the Morin Municipal Plant. And for the other three members of the gang, they've been very busy ever since. Flashing back to that night. After the sudden disappearance of Rose assailant, Albion, Desdemona, and Sylvester took some time to investigate the pilings, hoping to find some answers now that they had the run of the place. Des, naturally, is drawn to the elaborate magical circle carved into the ground. Something about it rings familiar to the fragments that Warden Beaumont collected from the Adset cabin. Despite her limited knowledge of this sort of magic, she knows that this is serious thaumaturgy at work. It's even more complex than Defago's ritual. Sylvester, with his forensic background, is sweeping up the pieces of the magical grenade for future examination. He also took lots of photos of the area to document and study later, hoping to assist Dez in unraveling whatever this guy was doing down here. Albion, for once, is taking a break from observing the metaphysical to look into the more physical elements of the room. He's determined that drugs did get run through here, lining up with the information that the group got when the FBI was interrogating Roe, at least until Shadrach showed up. And that brings us to now, the morning of Tuesday, January 14th. Des and Sylvester have spent most of the past day doing what research they can. Albion, concerned that this mystery man could come back and clean up the evidence, sent an anonymous tip to Agent Pyburn through one of his compatriots in the Noctis Vigilia, just so it didn't immediately trace back to him. Roe has spent the last day in an upstairs room at Desdemona's house, just so she doesn't feel alone after her traumatic experience under the former municipal plant. She's been struggling to process the events of that night. What is his connection with her father? Why was he so convinced that she was there to kill him? The new dawn, Roe hopes, will bring some answers. But it leaves me with a question for the party member most protective of her. How much sleep did you actually get? Albion? Yeah. Um... The first night, not much. The second night, probably more. But he's still... He's not... He's, he's supplementing his lack of sleep with caffeine right now. Okay, so uh, for that first day, I am going to need you to make an endurance roll because you are tired. You didn't get a lot of sleep. Endurance so, is what if I good scores. So target three. Uh, that is a that is exactly a three. Okay. I so, rolled bad. So you're not going to have any uh, explicit deleterious effects yet. Um, do how late would you have stayed up on that Monday night, really trying to get things in order and or uh, just worrying about Roe? Um. I mean, he has a membership to one of those key club gyms, so he probably around 2 a.m. rolled into the gym and beat the shit out of a heavy bag for a while. Okay. So and uh, worked himself tired and then um, went home and got like five, six hours of sleep. Okay. So, yeah, since you're still not as slept up as you should be, I'm going to have you make... Um, an endurance roll again because this is the second day in a row that you've gone without totally enough sleep uh but six at five hours is eh so we'll make it another three it's closer to four or five actually i would say okay yeah so make that uh, a four seems more fair to me 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, I love that you're arguing to make this roll harder. Do it. <laughs> uh, roll target four. All right. That is a plus two. So that is a five. Okay. Uh, you are, you're able to power through. Uh, just know that uh, every day that you don't get adequate and I mean, more than adequate sleep at this point, uh, the challenge is going to increase by one. Yep. I am. So. I'm aware and accepting of the consequences of my behavior. Okay. <clears throat> so you are still going to be uh, visibly tired. Uh, actually, I'm going to have you, uh, I think, to try not to, like, I'm going to have you roll a deceit check at the top of Tuesday. Uh, the target is four. <laughs> this is going to put a, an... Uh, a sticky aspect on you uh, that is not significant, but has a social consequence. Well, I rolled a one, so. Okay, so uh, you have. I'm not spending fate points on that. <laughs> yeah, no, you. it's just a sticky aspect of visibly tired. <laughs> so uh, you have that on you right now, and that is something that people just kind of can notice about you. So. There you go. You're you're not able to hide that you have not gotten enough sleep. All right. I walk in with a red monster. <laughs> Some pop, uh, you know. Uh, wait, a red monster? Do, um, do you mean a Sorry, red Sorry, not mutant? monster. Uh, mutant. Because remember, in this version of 2020, the tragedy of mutants cancellation never happened. <laughs> yep. I remember that's continuity for you. So we're so we're at Dez's place, I presume. Yep. Malvian's walking in with a red mutant and a box of Dunkin' Donuts. Hey. Howdy. Hey. How have you been? Uh, busy, mostly. And you look like you've been busy, I, I hope. Are you sure you're Yeah, okay? me and the wolf pack have been yeah, no, I'm I'm managing. Uh, me and the wolf pack have been uh trying to make sure our uh our new friend Shadrach ain't around. Oh, Keep our eyes out, you know. Yeah, that's important work, for sure. Uh, how are you holding up after, uh, after everything? Um, I've been doing okay. Uh, you know, I kind of just, I, I have this really bad uh, habit now of just making sure that Roe is okay in the middle of the night when she's sleeping, but uh, I'll get oh, over yeah, that. That's been, that's been a, a challenge for me, too. It's a, she holding up okay? She's she's tough, but sometimes she's hard to read too. Uh, yeah. Warden is still not returning my voicemails either, so I don't think he's well, in town you, yet. You know how wizards are with cell phones, so uh. Yeah, that, that's why I call us and leave on the landline. Is row up yet? Um, I'll I'll go check. Because I brought the ones with the pink icing because I know Roe is a particular. <laughs> oh, she's gonna... You're gonna be and her the, favorite And person. the jimmies, as you heathens call them. The <laughs> fucking sprinkles. Who the fuck says jimmies? <laughs> That's what I said! <laughs> it's a northern New England thing. I hate it. It's fucking weird. It's what it is. I mean, y'all call your maple ice cream a creamy and that's just weird to say. That's even weirder. Sylvester's with me, by the way. Yes, I am. He's right <laughs> behind me. He's been participating this whole time. <laughs> yep. Yes. 
time. I am also part of the discussion. So yeah, Roe is... <laughs> yeah. uh, he was just I finishing offered, that donut. That I offered to buy him a bagel, and he said... Uh, what was it you said there? Uh, fuck bagels. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> I, I, I was wondering if he meant specifically bagels that aren't from New York, but uh, I'm not sure. If he means just any a bagel that's not from New York City or just bagels in general. I mean, oh hey, look, Ro's away. Yeah, in this this bagels time are just frame, donuts. Ro has made her way downstairs. Hey, bud. Hey, uh, how you doing there, Slugger? Yeah, could be better. Uh, you look like shit. Have you slept? <laughs> I've I've slept some, technically. Oh, glad we're all on the same schedule, at least. Hmm. And Alvin is going to open the donut box and show that there is, in fact, a pink iced donut in there. She immediately runs over and starts mowing down that donut. Thank you, bud. <laughs> You're the best. Oh, yeah. Well, I have a memory for these kinds of things. Anyway, Alvin's going to set the donuts down, just plop on the plop a seat at the table, knock back some pop. So what are we thinking? What's our next move? Kill Shadrach? Like, what else would it be? Yeah. Well, we'd have to find him again. I mean, we still don't know who his uh, never-never benefactor is. The librarian, though? I mean, she might. That's, that's gonna cost us. Yeah. But if there's anyone who can answer that question, it is, uh, it is them, so. Hmm. And there's been no detection of Shadrach... From your werewolf friends at all? Mm, has there been? Um, you, you know what? Make me a, a scholarship and you tell me. <laughs> Make me a scholarship? Yeah, because you can, you can, I can use you to exposit. All right. Um, that's two. So. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, they have not, uh, heard anything. Or they've not smelled anything uh, of his he ain't, recently. He ain't been around, so either he's a sneaky son bitch, or uh, we scared him off for the time being. Well, that's a we, bit of a relief. Oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. You guys haven't seen anything like this before? Like, whatever pulled him through? I didn't get a good enough glimpse, so. No the idea. last time, The last time you saw anything like that was when Marcus left. But that was just a way opening behind him. There wasn't anyone that you can see, anyone or anything that you could see on the other side of that open way. But that's the last time anything like that's ever happened. I mean, yeah, we ain't, I ain't seen a way open like that since, uh, since Marcus left. <sighs> I don't suspect they're related, but, you know. I God, sure I wish he were here. He'd have more answers. He was a smug son of a bitch sometimes, but at least he knew things. Yeah, he was quite bright. <sighs> anyway, we're capable people. We've, uh, we've killed a pack of Wendigo. We have a man here who kicked a hag to death yeah. and drove a car into an alpha Wendigo. Yep. Uh, I'd say we're capable of handling this. Well, I mean, most of the things you listed were, uh, Sylvester, so Sylvester can handle this. I don't know about me. <laughs> Hey, we loosened it. <laughs> <laughs> New from Wendigo brand pickle jars. 
matter how much you brine them, they're never brined enough. <laughs> so I'll I'll go see if I can have a chat with the librarian. Alright. Do you wanna go alone or do you want company? You up to coming there, Ro? I mean, I don't know if you can get there without Desiree, so might as well. I mean, yeah, you're... And you can also sneak me in so I don't look like a creep in the kids section. So. <laughs> I don't know if you've looked at me, but I'm tall and my hair's in a ponytail and I like to wear black. I do not give off a good first impression when I walk into a children's store. Yeah, you got that good uh, e-boy vibe going on. <laughs> yeah, you look uh, I like... I don't know what that is. Actually, yes. Wait a minute. Yes, I do. Ro. Wow. Yeah, you, look I am, like, I am you look like the kind of e-boy. person to post to Reddit that you're euphoric. All you're missing is the neck beard. Amazing. Oof. I swear to God. Uh, that was the voice in the sky <laughs> that said that, Tom. Oh. Look, uh, Albion is a proud feminist. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, Dr. Eggman? <laughs> <laughs> I've come to make an announcement. Sylvester's a bitch-ass motherfucker. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. It was this big. <laughs> Only people that have seen that real-time fan dub will get that. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. I'm going to have to dub that whole thing for the Patreon we don't have. Oh, my word. That so, would actually be great. Albion and Ro are going to go off to the library. Um, Sylvester, Sylvester does. Uh, you got more research you can try and pound through? Sure. I mean, Ro, you're fully patched up as much as you can be, right? Like, I don't need to do anything else for you. Oh. Um, the, the answer to that, by the way, is physically yes. I mean, we might want to see if we can get Ro in touch with Cagney or someone else in that department, but... Well, I guess I could stay here and patch Ro up while you and Des could go to the library. But Des doesn't have the veil thing, I guess. That's the problem. Well, no, Ro, Ro is fine. Like, physically, oh. Ro is okay. Oh, okay, then fuck it. <laughs> yeah, she's just yeah, got... No, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to confuse She's her. got a good old okay. case of garbage brain, though. Yeah, Kel surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And Des actually kind of, I think, did open the way to the library once, but only Ro was there. And uh, the... she had help. Oh, yeah. Um, That was, yeah, that was like once, and that was with instructions. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Ro is actually the most natural at opening that way, which is, uh, yeah. I guess, maybe not the most surprising. I'm a magic boy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're a changeling. You're you have a connection. Twenty first century magical boy. <laughs> and her name is Ro. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, so since you guys did get a minor refresh, you actually have some fate points again if you need to spend them. Um, I mean, Darius, you've been hoarding so many of them for Sylvester. So good for you. Yay! <laughs> You're just gonna uh, Edgardo and spend them all the. To- Punch something, aren't you? <laughs> no. Overflowing spirit, no cap. He's planning no. something, I'm worried. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> A man named uh, Squid, go away. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so while they're having this scene, uh, you can have... A, a background scene where you are doing research and lore stuff. So if you would like to do that, I can set a uh, I can set some scores, some challenge ratings, and then 
uh, see how much time that's going to take you to find the relevant information that you're trying to determine. Like, you're not going to be able to get a fully complete picture right now, but you're going to definitely be able to get something out of this research session. Okay. So I'm going to have you roll scholarship. And Des, I'm going to have you roll lore. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have you to add those totals together. And the shifts of success that you're trying to reach is 10. So for one scene, roll those two together. I'm rolling it kind of like research thaumaturgy, I guess. Oh, no. Oh, shit. (laughs) You said lore, right? Yes. That one. Zero. (laughs) Well, uh, wait, on a scholarship roll? I rolled all minuses. Holy crap. This will be a fun, fun recording. Well, it's it's early in the morning, so I mean, I guess, yeah, if you guys want to give me fate points and justify them, then great. Uh... Especially you, Dr. Man, since you're a mortal. Uh, nobody likes wizards because I really don't like this guy. <laughs> and I'm going I to mean... slap the magic out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and then shove a rabbit you know... out of his ass. I'll I'll accept I'll accept that one uh, that you are just that you're going to sheer stubborn willpower your way through it of like (laughs) I hate this I hate this guy yeah I'll take that all right Uh, did you want to give me another one to get basically halfway there I guess blunt force drama (laughs) blunt force drama (laughs) oh god I forgot that you have that aspect it's so good yep. He tried to kill the baby, and I'm going to kill him. (laughs) Because I am the proud uncle, and I will fuck him (laughs) up. Must protect the baby. (laughs) I love your motivation for this, so I will award it. Uh, So great. You've got five shifts of success. You're basically using, like, your the photos that you took and your recall of what pieces and fragments uh, Warden Beaumont had to try to use use that to reconstruct anything that you can to get relevant information, uh, you know, like geometric detail, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you're using your math brain and your memory brain. So I'll, I'll give you those four shifts. And uh, Des, you got one. Mm-hmm. So for that scene, you've made five shifts ex- of uh, advancement towards your goal of 10. Yay. Yay. So as you're doing that, we have a scene with a librarian. I'm just going to have you make the perfunctory roll to sneak in. Okay. Fail. Veil it up, my dude. Don't fail the fail. All right. We're going to go with a... Level three, because I'm worried about my rolls. Okay, and since you are veiling more than one person, um, since it's a small area, that means you're going to have to roll me a four. Okay, well, I rolled three, so I'm going to... You can have it just be a two shift veil. Yeah, we'll go with that, because I don't want to spend any more fate points. I I almost died. So yeah, it's a a level two then. Okay, so 
basically people with passive awareness of a certain amount are going to have a chance to notice you. Okay. Do do do. Do do do. Gonna make a couple rolls. Do they matter? You don't know. All right. So you find your way into the Never Never again, and you find your way to the library to speak to the librarian. And you are, yeah, you're present in the library. You, the gate, the way rather, opens up pretty much right near the front door. So you don't have any trouble getting there. And it's, again, it's a very nice sort of change in atmosphere from the cold, gloomy, uh, sort of cold and gloomy day that you were having in Burlington. This sort of like perfectly warm, breezy, Planescape interrupted by this dense copse of trees is pretty nice. So, um, how do you approach the librarian? Um, I'm gonna find the closest thing that resembles a knocker or a door for me to knock on, and I'm going to knock on it. Okay. You should do uh, the. The door opens. Sorry. Is it you should do the white dad thing and just go knock knock as you like knock? Say it out loud. That sounds more like an Arnold Schwarzenegger thing, and uh, I, I don't think I can pull him off. So as you are, as you're knocking on the door, uh, the door actually opens before your hand makes contact. So you swing at air, and you see the librarian is standing there holding a book in their hand and looking between it and you, and uh, there, there's an interesting look on their face of bemusement and uh, they close the book and put it back and sort of walk away from the open door and allow you to enter uh howdy great and powerful librarian uh sorry I was just wasn't raised in a barn so uh mom always told me to knock for walking in you do recall that I have informed you that you're welcome here whenever you see fit to visit. This is a library. Well, yeah, it just feels strange considering you uh, are what you are to just kind of barge in and make myself at home. I mean, call, call it complex if you want. It's just uh, how it was raised. Well, I feel rude for the past couple times I've been here then. You weren't raised in the South, Ro. True. Anyway, we did come here for a purpose. We can't uh, delay, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Um, we we tracked down Shadrach, and uh, he's a real son of a bitch with uh, some sort of powerful benefactor in the Never Never. And we were hoping we might be willing to, uh, you might be willing to exchange some information with us. So we can try and find these, these, <clears throat> I'm going to speak plainly. So we can find these motherfuckers and bury them. Excuse my language. Uh, the librarian has a moment of pause and uh, politely informs you. Yes, I was aware of what you have described. I was, in fact, anticipating your arrival, as you may have noticed. I did. Your group of... Your 
interesting quartet has, well, piqued my curiosity in fun and interesting ways. It seems that the overall narrative of your lives is peculiar. And so I take a peculiar fascination with it, amongst many other things. Time moves differently from how you understand it here, so I have much more time for my own reading. Yeah, that makes sense. So do you Indeed. know what's gonna, like, happen next? Can you, you know, skip forward a chapter and let us know? That is not information I am willing to share. But assuming I even had that privilege of foreknowledge, would you willingly violate the laws of your white council of wizards to obtain it, knowing the consequences of violating those laws? I mean, yeah, because I really, I don't really know the council, so I'm down, but I get it. Hmm. You have interacted with multiple members that are either on or are affiliated with this White Council of Wizards. Yeah. So I know that you understand the penalties. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to put it out there, Ro. If Beaumont came at us, we would not still be standing. He's a packing a hell of a lot of power. I could take him, but yeah, I get it. And that sword of his don't come out to play. True. So He survived a war, after all. He's, I mean, we give him shit, but he is one of the deadliest people in a very large radius. So, so I'm not willing to cross him in that regard. I'll give him shit, but I won't, I won't give him reason to come at us. Well, he's not a bad guy, you know? <clears throat> Sorry, hi there. Time does move in an interesting way for from what you perceive, but that does not make it infinite here. I apologize. You have business, yes? Yeah. Yes. We need to know where we can find Shadrach's benefactor or anything that you can offer us about them because they crossed the line. And there's a fucking penalty for that. I see. What information do you seek of me? Who is the one behind Shadrach? Who pulled him out? And how do we deal with him? Multiple pieces of information that you wish to acquire. Let's, let's stick with uh, who they are. Keep it simple. One for one for now. You have, po- you have posed potentially two different questions with that same structure. So do you want me to ask you again and kind of make it more clear what I want? You... All right. No. Allow me. You asked who is the presumed benefactor behind Shadrach's power, and you asked who came and pulled him into the Never Never. You assume these are the same individual... But even the information as to whether or not they are the same individual has a price. All right, let me be specific. Who pulled Shadrach out? Very good. 
Well then, allow me to ask, when you were first pulled out of the fire, as it were, what were your immediate... I cannot give you as much of the answer as you wish necessarily, but we will see. When you were first pulled out of the fire, as it were, how... What was your response to the individual in front of you? I believe you understand the incident to which I refer. Yeah, I remember. That's burned into my brain forever. I can't forget that. Well, I just remember, um, looking at my friend's body, looking at the, um, thing that killed him, looking at the, uh, thing I, the wooden, uh, the, it was a fucking, um, one of them things that the, uh, drum majors used, and, uh, or whatever they call it, I don't know, it's been years, but, um, I uh, shoved in its chest. The librarian leans in and just says, baton. Thank you. The baton, um, that I shoved into its chest, and then, uh, the smoking bullet holes and a crossbow bolt through the thing's skull, so. And I remember looking at, um, looking at Alistair, and the first thoughts in my head were, um, thank God I didn't want to die here. Thank God someone gave a shit. What do- And then I was just- I apologize. Filled with this intense rage that something like this existed, and I- the next thought I had was, I don't want anything like this to ever touch anyone ever again. I was just so angry and scared, and I don't know what. I assume you have finished. Yep. I understand that your particular manner of speaking involves pauses. And I have the self-awareness to understand that this is ironic for me to call out. But I did not wish to interrupt. I appreciate that. Sorry, it's a, just my pattern. Mm-hmm. Row. Yep. I will need a little more information from you. All right, Baron, my to soul. Give, to give you the answers that you seek here. This is very much a question of a relationship between two individuals. Okay. Whom did you think of two days ago when you were in a position where your life was 
threatened to the point of death. My first thought, or the whole? It was more than one person. Interesting. It was my fiancé first, because I was worried I was going to die and was never going to find her. And then I thought about my dad and how he's a bastard for, you know, making this guy angry enough to want to kill me. And I have nothing to do with him. And now I'm mad at him more than I was before. And I, there's a lot going on in my head at that point. I don't know. Very well. Hmm. The individual who opened the way and retrieved Shadrach into the safety of the Never Never before you were able to apprehend him is a being endogenous to the Never Never, as I am. So, another librarian? No, I... I live here. I am of this place. The Never Never. Do you... I apologize, are... You, you I, I suppose... You don't, you don't know the word endogenous, do you, Ro? I'm new to this whole magic shit, bud, so no. It is not a magical term. No. Okay. I will parse it a little more plainly. They are a creature of the Never Never. They are not a creature of your world. So he's got a fade back in him. Damn it. Uh, that complicates things. I do owe you enough to clarify. That is not what I said. I need you to make a lore roll real quick there, Albion. Target four. That's actually going to be a five. Okay. Um, you have been told of the Never Never because you know people that have experienced that uh, the Never Never is not just fairy times. It's not just the home of fairies. It's the home of pretty much every afterlife or other plane that uh, exists in a human myth, including all the heavens and hells. So even even your patron Odin would be a a never never native. So it could be a demon or anything really. So uh it, yeah, it could be a lot right. of different things from that. Not right, so not but it does eliminate outsiders. All right. So let me ask one more question then um I'll see if Ro has anything more than we'll get out of your hair. 
Which part are they from? Which uh, section, if you will? Hmm. Okay. Um. I am. Mm, this is this is a tricky one to have to specify. So instead, I will simply finish repaying my debt for the information that you provided me a moment ago. This this creature that did uh that did pull hit, uh, Shadrach into the never never is not Shadrach's benefactor as you have put it. Well, Nito. Thank you for your time. Uh Bro, anything you want to follow up on, or should we head out? I think, I think I'm good. We should probably head back to the others. All right. As you're leaving, and after you leave the library, um, Albion's gonna stop for a um, second and just actually, what? uh, I will say, yeah, uh, before you leave, the librarian does uh politely ask you to stay oh. for a moment longer. All right. Okay. Um. Uh. The the librarian looks at the both of you and uh, and says, "I I know you're disappointed with the information that I was able to exchange to you. So I will offer a question and then give you information based on the answer to that question." I would like to ask about something that I do not personally necessarily understand as a fay. Both of you have come extremely close to ending your time on the mortal plane. What is the feeling of that fear of mortality? Becoming concrete. There's a lot of things that I hadn't said, and there's a lot of things I hadn't done. There was um so much left in my life that I had pictured and planned, and so many things that I that I wanted for myself. And uh I just thought about how if I if I was to die here like this at something's hands that I wouldn't it wasn't what I planned and just didn't seem fair it felt I just felt this panic and this intense rage that something would be so fucking cruel and so fucking just selfish as to Destroy that much life that recklessly. And for what? That it wanted to take my life and the lives of people I cared about. Cut them short. 
destroy all of that potential. And for fucking what? So first it was terror, and then it was just this... Un... This unbelievable rage. And this... Will, this fire in me that said, no, you can't let it end like this. This can't be where this stops. You, there's too much left to do. Too much has been undone. Bro, you got anything you want to add? I mean, that pretty much covers it, but a lot of regret and emptiness and sadness and pretty much every negative feeling all at once, but yeah. The, the uh, librarian just sort of looks, and with a hand that is not one of its two normal hands, you realize that it's been holding uh, a book and uh, inscribing something into that book. Uh, a you don't know what place it produced it from, but its extra limbs uh, that are apparently there now have been transcribing your answers. And it it does that thing where somebody puts their hands behind them like at ease. And uh, then the arms in the book don't seem to be there anymore. So the librarian looks normal again. Neato. That was that was out of character. That wasn't creepy at all. <laughs> Just a diary. <laughs> diary of a wimpy librarian. Dear diary, you won't believe what happened to me today. I pondered mortality. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, so. So, yeah, the librarian, uh, the librarian regards you with a look that you interpret as gratitude uh, for providing it that information. And, uh, it it rolls it's uh, it it doesn't roll its eyes back into its head, uh, but it does that thing where it's clearly not looking at you at all, but it is looking at something somewhere, and you're not sure what or where that is. And uh, a, an interminable moment of this passes, and the librarian looks down at the two of you and says city hall thank you that is a that's a mighty fine lead i appreciate that much obliged you are very welcome well if you don't mind we're gonna be hitting that there trail now but thank you very again good. for uh, for your time and thank you for Ro. I know that I have informed you of the lack of necessity of such formalities in the past. <laughs> uh, I will not deny you your creature comforts. This is some Shakespeare in the park shit right here there, Titania. Do not, do not loosely use that name here. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's an actual <laughs> thing. I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> well. I was just making a, a Shakespeare joke. I, did, I forgot that there's an actual one of them. Well, that's going to be my day today. 
All right. If you'll excuse us. And as we're leaving, um, as at, once they're out, Albion's actually just going to stop for a second and just put his hand on Rose's shoulders. And if she allows it, just gently pull her into a hug. <laughs> he just kind of quietly hugs her for a second. She's like, I got your back. Always. You know that, right? And he uh, breaks the hug, just kind of pats Rose's shoulder, shoots her a little grin. We're going to go to McDonald's before we go home. Hit the drive through. As you, as you're making your way back to where you know the way is that leads back out to uh, the library, you do feel a bit of that warm summer breeze start to rise uh, at your back as you're exiting, and for some reason, you can't help but think of your friend Marcus. Shit, you want to bring people into the break, huh? Oh shit, ad break time. Hey, this is Darius. Thanks for listening, etc. Insert ad read here. Pick whatever sponsor you like. Uh, WineInsiders.com. Uh, WineInsiders is an online wine retailer committed to better wine. Delivered. How? $25 for each new club order generated through the affiliate link below. Our affiliate link is https colon slash slash wineinsiders.eqwh.net slash ppn. Get 10% off your first order with code ENJOY10. Thanks to William Blake for assistance with editing. Thanks to Pocket Podcast Network. Shows like blank, blank, and blank. Oh, I have to fill in the blanks. Steampunk's Cool Tank and uh, the third one, I need Cold Classics. HTTPS colon slash slash www.pocketpodcastnetwork.com slash pocket notes. Twitter and Facebook at GMMcast. We rely on word of mouth. Semicolon. Oh, I don't read that. Hashtag GMMcast. Tweet about the show. Do you have an NPC named after you? Discord. Another semicolon. Weekly Jackbox streams. Yes. Oh, wait, there's a stop button. Hey, Alex, you love Harry Potter, right? Yeah. Want to listen to a new Harry Potter podcast? No. Oh. But Sorted is not a Harry Potter podcast, but instead a podcast about everything else viewed through the lens of Harry Potter. Cool. What does that mean? It means we're going to sort things. Ash Ketchum's a Slytherin. Shrek's a Gryffindor. Your dog is a Hufflepuff. And all Ravenclaws are robots. Come check out Sorted, not a Harry Potter podcast. On the Pocket Podcast Network. So, uh, hey, if you're going to go and take some time to, uh, you know, go to Mickey D's, I think that is, that'll that'll give us some time to uh, run another couple of rolls for Dez and Sylvester. Yeah, he's bringing them just two 20 packs of chicken nuggets. Oh, you're the best. I'm sorry. I I said that as though you were actually bringing that for me, Michael, in real life. <laughs> <laughs>
buy a buy pocket notes and Michael will get chicken nuggets, guys. <laughs> hey everyone, yes. Tom here. Please buy pocket notes and give Michael some McDonald's. <laughs> I will Please door dash. That, that was stupid. <laughs> I will door dash so many boxes of chicken nuggets to my door. <laughs> if you only buy some pocket notes from pocketpodcastnetwork.com slash pocket notes. <laughs> Moving on. Uh give me that sweet, sweet lore roll and that sweet, sweet scholarship roll. Oh, that's so much better. That's a six lower. That's a six. Well, there you go. Uh I'm gonna say that you have definitely gotten what you're going to get out of this before the uh the other two get back with Mickey D's. So hmm. Uh, you've got chicken nuggets waiting for you at the end of of this trail of anyway that was I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Sweet. I'm I'm very tired. Study hard, yeah. you'll get nuggets. <laughs> I think that's a good motto to live by. Nuggies. Chicken nuggies. Chicken nuggies. Can we can we seriously just talk for a second about how McDonald's chicken McNuggets are actually amazing? They're so good and they're so bad and they're not healthy oh, yeah. but they're so good no they are a perfection of the art form oh they're so good i hate how good they are <laughs> now i'm mad and, and mcdonald's french fries are some of the best french fries ever when they're hot just uh yep i god we can't keep doing this because i am starving now and i just ate yeah we can't yeah, we can Okay, uh, so uh, the research that you get out of that, you have exceedingly high rolls on this one for what you're trying to do. So excellent. Um, the issue is that you both have limitations of what your actual knowledge base is vis-a-vis what you're looking at, uh, because you, Des, you're not a full-fledged wizard. You don't have mm-hmm. full thaumaturgical thaumaturgical you don't know proper thaumaturgy all the way. So, um, I would yeah, like that... to think that there was actually something kind of distracting her for the first role. Yeah. I mean, probably thinking about Roe and the whole situation because it was early. Actually, she's kind of doodled um, on a notebook a little bit. Just where are you? And then she puts the letter M and then she keeps stopping and scribbling it out. Then she keeps writing it again. Okay. All right. So I love it. So, okay. Uh, You've fought through that distraction and Mm -hmm. you're starting to put some pieces together of what you're looking at. And you know a bit of... You know a bit of thaumaturgy by way of your ritual power that you have. Mm-hmm. But that's mostly limited to guards and wards, yes? Yes. Okay. So what you do know for sure is that there are... This is an extremely complex piece. So you know that the guards and wards, there is an element of that in there. Because you recognize what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And seeing the whole of this, you can tell that, you know, it has rings within rings. And some of those look like guard failsafe mechanisms. 
uh, or something of that sort. Like, clearly this dude has dabbled in some high-level ward rituals, given that you were struck paralyzed when you first entered uh, that place, uh, you know, previously. So it looks like something in there is a complex um, ward or guard of some kind, Mm -hmm. but it's not the whole of it. And uh, with with like you can sort of talk uh, Sylvester through the actual math and geometry that goes into a lot of ritual to the point where he's able to, you know, interpret the shaping and designs and geometry of the things to help you get to the point where you understand that that. Yeah, he if he had done what he was intending to do, um, it would have definitely triggered that. And it would have been an extremely powerful uh, rush of magic coming from it. And that it's not designed as a failsafe against the circle itself failing. It seems like it's some kind of tamper-proof protection that just blows does something to the whole to the whole thing releases some magic of some huge amount of magic if there's tampering with it mm-hmm. so good thing you guys didn't try to mess with it <laughs> but yeah you've definitely discovered that part of this is it's got basically that uh tamper defense that will blow up in your face oh, so boy. So, yeah, uh, you you've put together that that is what part of it does. And based on the fragments of it that you saw from Warden Beaumont, it looks like those pieces were not part of the Garden Ward setup. It looks like those were part of the bigger ritual piece at play. So you still don't know what those were doing. But you have an idea of the fact that the pieces parts that could be recovered by the warden were not from that. Implying uh, implying that that part gets sort of destroyed more readily. Did um, did Sylvester manage to get photos of that that circle of magic? Or do you think like Desdemona is able to sort of doodle it down from memory or? Sorry, could you repeat that? Yeah, the question is, did you take photos of the magic circle in the pilings? Yes. Awesome. So we could show that to Beaumont and he could probably help too. Yep. Okay. Um so okay. Oh, actually, I am going to give you something because you have a scholarship uh role that you did very well. Uh I am going to uh, I am going to grant you something uh, from that, Sylvester. Okay. Talking through a lot of the um, what the magic symbols that are involved might mean and could have meant. Uh, it's sort of interpreting what those are through the lens of Desdemona. Uh, you come to a realization and that it's. Uh, the arrangement of things in there was very, very focused on body, physical body, something, something about th- the human body specifically. 
So, Des, I'm going to say that with your big old lore of six on top of that, um, you, well, you talk to ghosts. Mm-hmm. You have an interest in things beyond uh, the pale of death. Mm-hmm. From the from what Sylvester is describing to you, that seems a bit necromantic, perhaps. Mm. So this possibly is our necromancer. Interesting. What is he trying to do? Mm. Specifically, what looks a little necromantic to you is the garden ward aspect. So that nothing could stop it this time, maybe. The GM gives you a big old shrug. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I think this is when Albion and Ro get back with uh, tasty treats. Hey, guys, I brought nuggets. Yay! I'm mad. It's too oh, early in the year for uh, shamrock Thanks. shakes, so we didn't get any of those. I asked. I know they got the stuff for it. <laughs> in January? <laughs> wow. It's just mint. They didn't make them for us, but I know they've got that shit back there in the back room. (laughs) Oh, well, it's not easy being a person in customer service, especially for the fast food industry. It is not. That's why I did not make a scene. Yeah. (laughs) So how was your day? Well, uh, allow us to point out on these pictures off of Uh, Sylvester's phone here. What could possibly be interpreted as necromancy? Oh, well, that's just delightful. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that we might be on the right track to finding our necromancer. We also got ourselves a lead. Um, we found out that a person who pulled Shadrach out is a never-never native. We're not sure specifically which part. We also got a lead. It was vague, as is the librarians won't, but... But, uh, it... She recommended we check out City Hall. They did, okay. Sorry, yeah, they. Okay, City Hall. Um, what about City Hall? Well, it's somewhere to look at. It is open to the public. I mean, we're gonna look like a pack of weirdos, but when has that been new? <laughs> uh, Sylvester. Yep. Something is... You've been in Burlington at least a little while, uh, you know, since you've been teaching at the college. So something is tugging at your memory right now, and you're not sure what it is. But with the mention of City Hall, something uh, something is tugging at your brain, and you can't figure it out. Hmm. Uh, is there a role you would recommend for that? Uh, well, uh, let me see. Is there a role I would recommend for that? You know what's funny? I think it might be burglary. <laughs> burglary? It it might be. It's either burglary or it's an interesting use of scholarship. Those are two different things. Why, like, what? Both of them are skills that let you declare things about the world. Ah, okay. Both, because burglary has the casing trapping, which is about looking and getting information about a place, specifically. 
So you don't have to be a burglar to case the joint necessarily, but it helps. Like you might not have, uh, you know, a ill intent in doing that, but it is more the skill about like looking around a place for specific things that you as a player character can then declare to me about that place. So I think this might not totally fall under burglary and is probably more of a scholarship then. I'm going to say it's a scholarship role. Uh, your target is four, but for better information is a six. Seven. What's that? Seven. Cool. Oh, wow. You hit a plus three. So, okay. Um, you are, you're remembering now uh, that you have been in City Hall Park before when it's not winter uh, and you've seen the particulars of that park. It's a, it's a circular park in the center of downtown Burlington, right in front of City Hall. Um, you've been staring at circles with lines and geometry all day and something in your head suddenly clicks. And you realize that something in the diagrams that you took photos of and have been poring over really, really lines up in your memory with something from City Hall Park. Holy shit. got a lead. It was vague, as is the librarians won't, but it said never, never. Not, no, sorry. Fuck. Um, <laughs> edit that out so I don't sound like an idiot. Um, Too late. <laughs> pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.